Thanks so much for being here. I want to say a quick hello to all of our campuses, also those who are watching online. Thanks so much for being with us. Glad you guys are with us. In fact, because of that, I want to make a quick announcement real quick before I introduce our speaker. Uh, I'm excited to tell you that next week, kids' ministry will be open. Yes. Praise God. So all you who are watching online, you can come back to your campus because we will have full-blown children's ministry. Also, student ministry opens up next week as well. Very excited about that. Let's give it up for all of our volunteers that make that possible. Thank you for all that you guys are doing. So again, Father's Day weekend will be full-blown church again. Can't wait for that. So very, very excited about that starting next week. Don't miss that. Well, guys, it is my honor to introduce our next speaker. He's an up-and-coming preacher, and I'm so proud of him. You are going to really love this message. Please give it up for my son, Mason Cornelius. Church Unlimited, how are we doing this morning? We doing good? That's good. That's good. Well, hey, before we dive in, I just want to give a quick shout out to all of our campuses. I want to give a quick shout out also to Church Online and one final shout out for my CU College family. Listen, young adults, if you are anywhere from age 18 through 25, we have a young adult service just for you every Thursday at a Rodfield location. Now, that being said, y'all are all looking at me with the same look saying the same thing. And that is, my gosh, he's Bill spitting image. I know. I know. I'm used to it. Like, you name it, I've heard it. I've been called his mini-me. I've been called his, his clone. I've been called Lil Bill. Like, you name it. <laughs> I've been called it. Um, matter of fact, one time, I thought I would share this, guys, with you. It's pretty funny. So you, you know my dad only preaches live here, so I don't know how this happened, but I was helping out at another one of our campuses one weekend. I was greeting at a door, and service lets out, and this older gentleman comes up to me, and he says, Great word today, pastor. And I was like, kind of, I didn't know how to take it because I was like, he's being honorable, but he's also calling me old. So I was like, I mean, dad, boss, um, I'm not calling you old, but maybe just, he, he's old. He's old. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, um, man, dad, you have taught me a lot, a lot about being a man, a lot about being a Christ follower, and especially a lot when it comes to communicating. And one of the first things and coolest things you taught me about communicating is when you're a guest in the house, the first thing you do is honor the leaders of the house. So Church Unlimited, would you stand your feet with me as we take a moment to honor our lead pastors, Bill and Jessica Cornelius. <laughs> All right, don't go too crazy yet. I got more. First, I want to brag on you guys as parents. I want to say thank you for always making time for Sophie, Cole, and I. If it was important to us, it was important to y'all. And um, if it was a basketball game, you were there. Football game, you were there. A recital, you name it, you were there. If it was important to us, it was important to you. And Cole, Sophie, and I noticed that. We, we're not dumb. We know you could have been anywhere doing anything. We know you could have been preaching at other churches. We know you could have been at conferences, camps, retreats, book sightings. I know you even had a... Um, reality TV show offered you, and you guys said no because you weren't going to let anything get in the way of your first calling, which is being good parents. So thank you for being good parents. I also want to thank you guys for loving me unconditionally and loving me the way God loves me. Man, you guys loved me through everything, even when I didn't deserve it, when I was absolutely terrible to you. 
when I was being a terrible example to your other kids, when I was being the family screw up, you loved me through all of that. And more importantly, you love me the way God loves me. And you know what? You have no idea the confidence boost that was for me, knowing that if my parents, who are not perfect, can love me through all that, then there's no doubt in my mind that my God can love me through all that. So thank you, guys. Now I want to brag on y'all as pastors. <laughs> yes, there's more. <laughs> Mom, Dad, 22 years ago, you guys moved down here with nothing but a vision and a baby. And you had a sense that God wanted you here. And no other church planner wanted to come down here. And you guys knew that was because it was up to y'all to fulfill that. And you know, Dad, you used to go door to door, personally inviting people to church. And people would close the door in your face and not even give you the time of day. And you know, what I think is so cool is that every day you tell Sophie Cole and I the same thing before we walk out the door. Y'all tell us that we're destined for greatness. And I think it's long overdue but I think mom, dad, look around. All the people in this room tonight, or today, sorry, are changed lives, changing lives. And none of that would be possible if it wasn't for y'all. Your hard work paid off, and I think all those closed door in your face were worth it. And mom and dad, it's time for me to now tell y'all that you guys are the ones who have been destined for greatness. Y'all give it up for our lead pastors, Bill and Jessica Cornelius. I love you guys. Y'all the best parents in the world. I really mean that. Now, before we go any further, I got one rule, and that rule is feedback, feedback, feedback. If you got something to say, I want to hear it. If you want to say amen, I want to hear it. If you want to say preach, white boy, then say preach, white boy. I want to hear it. I promise you church is more fun that way. So can we do that today? All right, let's do it. <laughs> now, this is the time where my dad usually has us all as a congregation say, our mission statement. And we are going to say it. We're just not going to say it yet. And there's a reason for that. And we'll get into that later. But for right now, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be opening up in Romans 12, verse 2. Romans 12, verse 2. The text says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Today's talk is very simple. It really is. Today's talk is about the patterns of this world. What do I mean by that? I mean the patterns of people, the patterns of culture, the things around us that we don't see that affect us, whether we realize it or not, the society we live in, everything going on around us that affects us. And you know, some of you will know this, some of you won't, but my freshman year, I spent at a university called Liberty University. Um, Liberty University is a school off in Virginia. Um, so I'm a Texas kid going to school all the way in Virginia, and let's just say I dressed like it too, and I packed like it too. I only had some jeans with holes in it and some t-shirts, so I was not prepared for the cold that Virginia would bring on. And I mean, you know, here we think we know cold, but let's be honest, we have one season and it's summer, 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 and then a cold front that we call winter. <laughs> but in there, no, they have all four seasons, okay? And I wasn't ready for this. And one day in particular, I was late to class. Mom, don't be mad. Um, I had ran out of absences. Mom, don't be mad. <laughs> and at this point, if I miss class, I'm not going to pass. So I have to make it. And of course, added to all that pressure, it's freezing. And I'm not exaggerating. It's literally freezing. Snow, icy, 
it was so cold. It's the type of cold where I wasn't awake yet, but once I opened the door and that breeze hit me, I was awake then. You know what I'm talking about? This is the type of cold that has you talking to yourself. Like you're just trying to get into your car and turn on the heater. You're like, oh, freaking Virginia. Why, did I, why do I have to go to school here? I could have picked any school in Texas. Why? Why Virginia? I know you know what I'm talking about. It's that kind of cold. So I'm like, okay, one, I'm not walking in this, so I have to get to my truck. Two, my truck has a heater, so that's great. Oh, wait, scratch that. Heater's not working. All right, so I'm late. I'm freezing. The whole reason I go to my truck is for the heater. That's not working. I'm like, okay, I'll distract myself. I'll just play some music. And my aux cord isn't working. It's so cold, my aux cord won't work. What is this? So nothing's going according to plan. And so there's all that, and I'm just going to give you guys a visual because y'all are going to love this. Everybody in South Texas can relate to this moment. So is it just me or when you're late, there's like two times as many red lights as usual to your normal destination? You know what I'm talking about? So I'm sitting there, freezing, late, really don't want to fail this class. Um, Aux cord's not working, probably need to get that fixed. Heater's not working, probably need to get that fixed. And then this huge truck pulls up next to me. Huge. Now look, I have a truck. It's just a normal size truck, nothing, nothing crazy. But this thing was just ginormous. It's one of those, like, it's one of those, yee yee! It's one of those, all right? This thing was huge. I just want to ask him, like, why do you, like, it's not even a truck at this point. It's just an 18-wheeler. <laughs> if you hit me, I'm calling, I'm calling Thomas J. I'm calling Thomas J. I'm letting you know right now. So I have this guy pull up next to me, and I'm just waiting for the light to turn green. And finally, it turns green, and I accelerate. When I accelerate, I notice something rolling around the floor of my truck. And this is how you know I was really bored, and I had nothing to distract me from the cold. And what I notice rolling around on the floor of my truck is this water bottle. The water bottle is completely frozen. And you know what? It got me thinking, what caused the water to freeze over? You know, it, water doesn't just change from a liquid to a solid on its own. That's not how it works. What caused it to change? And then it got me thinking, what caused it to change was everything around the bottle. Nothing inside of it. Everything that was around it, the temperature around it, the atmosphere around it, everything going on outside of the bottle. You know, the funny thing is, people are like that. The atmosphere we're in the culture we're in, the society we're surrounded in, everything we don't see, the patterns of the world that we don't see, everything around us affects us, whether we realize it or not. And look, I think the world has us doing a lot of things right. I think we can all agree the world also has us doing a couple things wrong. And so today I just want to go over four things that I believe the patterns of this world have us doing wrong. And so the first one is this. The patterns of this world make us feel limited. The patterns of this world make us feel limited. Ironic because we are part of Church Unlimited. But you know, growing up, I loved going to the circus, probably because I had no idea what they were doing to those poor animals behind the scenes. Um, but hey, I'm a little kid. If there's popcorn, if there's slushies, cotton candy, glow sticks, little people getting shot out of cannons, I'm for it, okay? <laughs> That's all that matters to me. And so I'm loving every second of it. Um, I'm watching people, you know, get shot out of cannons. I'm watching people juggle knives, breathe fire, acrobatics. And it was all cool, you know, until I went home and tried to do it on my own. And uh, <laughs> sorry, mom. But the thing that really stood out to me the most was the elephants. You know, growing up, when you're watching TV, 
elephants are cool, but they're not as cool as they are in person. Like TV just doesn't capture the size of an elephant, right? It just doesn't. And so I would see this, this monster of an animal and I was just fascinated by it. And you know, I learned something interesting about elephants the other day, more specifically circus elephants. And you know, the way they acquire these elephants is really rather cruel. You see, the moment the elephant is born, they pry it from its mother and they immediately attach it to a chain that is attached to a ball. This little ball that it's attached to, it's just a couple hundred pounds. Nothing serious, nothing too crazy, but it's more than enough to hold down a baby elephant. And so the baby elephant is growing up and every time it tries to move it, it never can. It can never break free. And so eventually the baby elephant just gives up. I've never been able to move it before. Why try now? It just grows up feeling limited. I, I can't move it now, so why ever try again? But as we all know, a baby elephant doesn't say a baby elephant forever. The baby elephant begins to grow and get stronger and bigger and heavier. And this baby elephant that once was a couple hundred pounds, being held down by a ball that's a couple hundred pounds, can get past two tons in weight. That is insane. So we have this monster of an animal, over two tons in weight, being held back by this little ball that's just a couple hundred pounds. You're thinking, that's fascinating, that's crazy. It is, and it's really sad because I feel bad for the guy. I just want to look at him and be like, what are you doing, buddy? <laughs> you could stampede right out of here if you wanted to. What are, you, what are you doing? The same way we're looking down on that elephant, God's looking down on us saying, what are you, what are you doing, buddy? You're going to let that hold you back? You're going to let that sin hold you back? That habit hold you back? You're going to let that hold you back when you're so much stronger than that? You no longer need to feel limited. We can either feel limited by our sin or we can get sick and tired of being embarrassed by the same sin over and over again and we can drag that sin through the mud. You don't need to feel limited. But the patterns of this world have us feel limited. Point two, the patterns of this world have put a chip on our shoulder. What do I mean by that? Well, here's what I mean by that. Have you heard music lately? Have you heard today's music? Let's just be honest. It's all the same thing. It's all about flexing on your haters. It's all about proving people wrong. It's all about, it's just toxic. It just is. It's all the same. Everybody has this bottled up anger and rage and everybody wants to prove everyone wrong and this and that. It's, oh, you didn't think I'd be something? Well, look at me now. It's this chip on your shoulder mentality. And I, I just want to point something out. I want to ask you a question, you know, and that question is, what's fueling you? Because if that chip on your shoulder mentality is what's fueling you, whether you realize it or not, one day you're going to end up going back to that same thing to refuel. Think of it as a car. What do you do when you run out of fuel? You got to go back and refuel. It's the same exact thing. We no longer need to have this chip on our shoulder. The only thing we should be going back to for more fuel is our savior himself. What is fueling you? And now point three, the patterns of this world have made us our own worst critics. Did you know a study was done and they're gonna put it on the screen. The average American has over 500 negative thoughts a day. Pause. 500 negative thoughts a day, lasting 14 seconds each. That means on average, we are spending 1.8 hours a day 
in negative thoughts. <laughs> That's crazy. That's insane. But you know what? If you really think about it, I don't doubt it. Actually sounds kind of true. Have you heard the way you talk to yourself? Have you heard some of the things you say to yourself? When you wake up in the morning and you look yourself in the mirror, some of the things you say to yourself. It's ridiculous. Oh, I'm too this. I'm too that. I'm not enough this. I'm not enough that. I wish I looked like this. I wish I was more like this, had more of this. We just run ourselves down. We're our own worst critics. Some of the things we say to ourselves, we wouldn't even say to our worst enemy. And that's the thing, though. Your worst enemy isn't your true worst enemy. The true worst enemy is the inner me. Did you catch that? Your true worst enemy is not your enemy. The true worst enemy is my inner me. What I'm trying to say is, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is negative thoughts cannot lead to a positive life. They just can't. There's no if, ands, or buts. Negative thoughts won't lead to a positive life. So think of it this way. Every thought you have is a train. That's why we call it a train of thought. So let me ask you something. Where's your train going? Because if you have a negative train of thought, it looks like your train's heading to a negative destination. But if you have a positive train of thought and you have positive thoughts, then your train is heading to a positive destination. What is your train of thought? Patterns of this world have made us our own worst critics. We no longer need to be our own worst critics. You shouldn't be a critic to yourself. You should be your biggest encourager, your biggest motivator. No one's going to stick up for you like you. When you wake up in the morning, you should declare good things, not bad. Speak life, not death. We no longer need to be our own worst critics. And for, this is the final point. Point four. And you know, this is really where I want to focus in today. And point four isn't your normal point. Here's point four. Point four is actually a blank. And there's a reason for that. You see, all this week, the enemy's been throwing a lot my way, trying to get me distracted, feel unconfident, and saying things to me like, Mason, what could you possibly have to say right now as divided as the world is? What are you going to say that's going to somehow bring unity? What are you, how are you going to connect with a congregation that's so used to listening to someone older and wiser than you? What on earth could you possibly bring to the table? And you know what? It's always in those moments that God reveals things to us. And yes, the world is very divided. It's a scary place, and there's a lot of injustice, and a lot of us are scared. But I think we can all agree that we're all here on the same assignment. And that's to tell people about Jesus. The same assignment, the same mission, the same purpose. And here's point four. Here's the real point four. All the other points have been the patterns of this world that, the patterns of this world this, the patterns of this world that. But this one's different because we're not going to, we're going to make our own way now. We're not going to let the patterns of this world tell us what to do anymore. We're making our own pattern. And here's the final point, the real final point. And this is what it is. It's our mission statement. And real quick, I want to take a moment and I want to say our church's mission statement together before we dive into our last verse. 
And our mission statement is to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. Period. You know, Luke chapter 6, verse 45 says this. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. But for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. I'm going to say that part one more time. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. You know, if Jesus is really our Lord and Savior, if he's really at the center of our hearts, if we really ask him to wipe us clean and make us new, why don't we talk about him more? You know, I'd be lying. I'd be lying if I told you the day my parents dropped me off at college was easy. No, it wasn't easy. It was hard. Remember, Texas kid, Virginia, I don't have any family up there. I don't know anybody up there. It's, it's scary. It's a big step. And I knew I wasn't going to see my family again for a really long time. So it was emotional, and we said our goodbyes. And I was just kind of sitting in my room, in my dorm, feeling sorry for myself. And then I realized I can either sit here and feel sorry for myself, or I can get up and go make some friends. College is what you make of it. So I decided to head down to the wreck, find people with similar interests as me. I go down to the basketball court. I love playing basketball. I call next at the court, and um, this, guy, <laughs> this guy comes up to me. He's huge. Hey, white boy. You got next? Yeah, man. <laughs> and so his name's Tim. Funny how he introduced himself to me after he knew I had next. And I was like, you're going to make fun of me for being white when your name's Tim? It's <laughs> the whitest name ever. No. <laughs> so I pick up Tim. You know Tim's going to ball. You know Tim's going to ball because Tim's 6'4". No doubt in my mind, Tim's going to ball. Then there's this other guy. He doesn't talk as much. But I've been watching him play. And he's good. He's so good. The only reason he wasn't on the team is because he's short. So I was like, oh, this guy doesn't even have to say anything to me. I'll, I'll pick up this guy. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? What's your name? My name's Mason. He says, what's up, man? My name's Justice. So I pick up Justice. I pick up Tim. We dominate the rest of the day. It was great. It was fun. But you know what? I had no idea the friendship that was going to be birthed through that. Turns out we were all freshmen. We all had the same classes. And if we didn't have the same class that day, we had a spot where we would meet before classes started. We ate breakfast together. We ate lunch together every day in the lunchroom. Played on the same intramural team. This, they became my family because I didn't have any family here or there. Texas kid, all the way in Virginia, this was my family away from my family. So we got super close. We have a a group message that we message in every day. And you know, the school year has to come to an end. It comes to an end. And we get busy. The messages start dying down more and more, bit by bit, bit by bit, day by day. And you know, we get busy working jobs, doing internships. I was doing the internship here. And I get out to our summer camp. I'm way too busy to be on my phone, that camp at all. 
Summer camp's over. Come back home. Catching up on social media. I start seeing these tweets. I start seeing these tweets saying things like, prayers out. Prayers are out, brother. Praying for you. Praying for healing. Get well soon. And I just am caught off guard by it. And I get sick of seeing all the tweets and I just call Tim, I'm like, yo, Tim, what are all these tweets about? What's happened? What did I miss? It's been a week. He's like, you don't know? What do you mean I don't know? No, just tell me already. He's like, Mason, justice is gone. I said, and he kept talking and explaining. And he was talking and explaining, but I wasn't hearing anything he was saying. I was just in shock. I was like, whoa, 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 what do you mean he's gone? It's like Mason Justice died. And I remember just saying, okay, how? He said, it turns out he had cancer the whole time. By the time the doctors could trace it, it was too late. I remember being mad and confused and just nothing making sense and just thinking, no way, there's no way he's gone. Not justice, not the justice I know. He's too happy, he's too healthy, he looked fine. It started messing with me and messing with me how next semester when I'm back, he's not gonna be there. My family away from my family wasn't gonna be there. Just started messing with me. And there's two things that really haunted me after that. The first one is how someone can look so healthy on the outside, be so sick on the inside. That's not what kept me up at night though. The thing that kept me up at night is this. As you know, I'm a pastor's kid. Ministry is all all I know. I've grown up in a pastor's home. And when I sat across from him in that lunchroom every day, we would joke and we would laugh. But when I sat across from him in that lunchroom, I sat across from him and I talked to him about everything that didn't matter. pointless conversation after pointless conversation. Not once did I ask him if he was a believer. Not once did I even invite him to church. It was all pointless. You know what? I think, I think some of us in here today are doing the same thing. I think we're going through life, sitting across from people, People we call friends. People we call family. People we say, I love you too. And we are sitting across from them. We are talking to them about everything that doesn't matter. I don't want to be the generation that talks about everything that doesn't matter. I don't want to be the generation that only talks about what's entertaining. We get enough of that. 
We're entertaining our lives away. Have we really grown that soft? There are people out there just like Justice who look fine on the outside. They look great. They look perfectly healthy, but on the inside, they're sick. They're hurting. They're dying and they're falling apart. And they're waiting on us to go and talk to them about what really matters. Look, I know I'm yelling, but why does it take someone losing their life for us to go and tell people about Jesus? Same mission, same assignment. Look, as the church, as the church, if we're not gonna do it, then who is? If we're not gonna invite people, then who is? This is our assignment. This is our mission. This is our purpose. So I wanna challenge you all with this. If you allow me to take this moment and challenge you with this, this is it. If there's a pen near you, grab it. If there's not a pen, I want you to text whoever God put in your heart today. I want you to text that name to yourself so when you get home, you can do this. But I want you to write down whoever God put on your heart. I want you to write their name down on your wrist. And please, please don't miss the power of this. Jesus himself died with marks on his wrist for us. I think it's time to get some marks on our wrist for him. That way, this week when you're going through life, and you're sitting across from that friend, you're sitting across from that family member, sitting across from that person you say, I love you too. You remember, as you look down and see their name, I'm not gonna let the world define what comes out of my mouth anymore. I'm gonna talk to them about what really matters. It's time, guys. I'm sick and tired of letting the world define what comes out of my mouth. I'm tired of the patterns of this world affecting me and making me adjust. I no longer want to adjust to the world. I want the world to adjust to us. And you know what? Quite frankly, there's someone in here today who thinks, you know what? I, I can relate. I feel like justice. I look healthy on the outside. I look great, I look fine, I look like I got it all together. But on the inside, I'm sick. I'm hurting, I'm falling apart, and I feel empty. You're thinking, I've tried everything. I've tried looking here for a cure. I've tried looking here for a cure. I've tried self-medicating. The pills don't work. The bottles don't work. The high doesn't work. It doesn't last for a moment. I feel okay. Then I realize I can't escape my own brokenness. If that's you today. I have some great news for you. There's this guy as Christians talk about a lot. His name's Jesus. And not only is he the King of Kings, he's the great physician. And whatever people broke, he can fix it. He came and lived a perfect life, died a brutal death, all to atone for our sins. And he was the ultimate sacrifice. And because he made that sacrifice, we get the gift of eternal life. We get the gift of restoration. 
And we get the gift of having a mission, a purpose, an assignment. The gift is there. He's just waiting to see if you'll reach out and take it. And so if that's you today, and you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we're about to pray, and I want you to pray this prayer after me. As a matter of fact, church, would you all bow your heads and pray this prayer after me to encourage those who may be shy? Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I can't fix myself, but I believe you can. Please come into my heart. Make it new. Thank you for new life. I give you mine. In Jesus' name, amen.